0: Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at celebrationedm. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, Welcome to church, everybody. It's so good to be able to be with you here today. This has been a fantastic week of prayer. And today we're wrapping up the week of prayer with a uh, service tonight of worship and miracles and hope you're able to really engage in prayer throughout the week with us. Um, But in light of that, we decided that we would do like a two-part message here today. I'm doing part one with you this morning, and tonight Pastor Joel will be doing part two. And so I'm just believing for great things in our church, great things for your life, uh, especially tonight's service, you know, with worship of miracles. I believe God's going to touch many people in a tremendous way. You know, I have this cane in my office, and um, it's my favorite cane not that I have a cane collection or anything, but it's my favorite cane only because of the story that it represents. You see, it's the story of a lady who used it for many, many years following an accident that took place in her life and she needed it to walk around and and to have stability, et cetera. And and she'd have difficulty going upstairs and things like this. You know, her her whole um, ability to walk and move was quite, you know, affected by the accident. But she came to a service here on an Easter Sunday. And on that particular Sunday, of course, we were preaching about the cross of Jesus. But we also talked about the fact that when Jesus went to the cross, he not only bore our sin in his body on the cross, he bore our sicknesses and our diseases as well. That he took that upon himself. That Jesus carried that to the cross on our behalf. And in that moment, she realized that God had not given her this accident, had not given her this, this cane as her cross to bear in life, but rather that Jesus had taken her sickness to the cross so that she could be healed and made whole. Well, when the service ended, you know, without any kind of, sort of solicitation or invitation, if you will, just out of the prompting of faith in her own heart, she literally walked up to the front of this stage and laid this cane down on the stage and walked out. And just received her healing in that moment. Her son later told me that she was not only walking around, you know, without any any difficulty, without the cane, but she was able to go up and down stairs like she'd never been able to before. She received her miracle in that moment when she realized what Jesus had done for her on the cross. My prayer today is that God will do something in your heart that secures a revelation of Jesus as your healer, who has already made provision for you to be able to receive your miracle. You know, God has revealed himself as the healer very early on in history, very early on in the scriptures. In Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, it says, and he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have put on the Egyptians. And then he says this, for I, the Lord, am your healer. I, the Lord, am your healer. That is literally one of the names of God, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. The Lord, your healer. It's a name of God. And throughout the Old Testament, even before the coming of Jesus, there are scriptures throughout the Old Testament of healing and miracles, all kinds of them. You know, we tend to think of healing and miracles as just kind of being a Jesus thing, but the reality is it's a God thing. It's always been there. So there's all kinds of stories. For instance, in Genesis chapter 20, Abraham prayed and God healed Abimelech from infertility and ended up having children. In Numbers chapter 12, Moses prayed and God healed Miriam from leprosy. Moses was told by God to put a bronze serpent up on on a stick. Israel was told to look at this bronze serpent on the stick and they would be healed. In 2 Kings chapter 5 is the story of Naaman who washed seven times in the Jordan and he received his miracle. In 2 Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah was told by a prophet to get his house in order that he was going to die. Well, Hezekiah humbles himself and asks God for mercy and God added 15 years to his life. Job, you know, we read the story of Job, all the terrible things that happened to him, but Job got healed, and Job got his prosperity back. It all got returned to him. David acknowledges in the Psalms that God is a healer. Psalms 103 and verse 3, he says, who pardons all of your iniquities and who heals all of your diseases. That was David's definition of what God was to him. The prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all speak about healing. God is revealed from the beginning as our healer. Prophecies about the coming of the Messiah Jesus prophesy that he would bring healing. It was just expected. I want to look at just a couple of them from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 35, 5 through 6 says this. It says, say to those who are anxious in heart, Take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like the deer, and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the Arabi. Then in Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Of course, that scripture is very much describing the miracles of Jesus, the lame walking and the blind seeing. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes were healed. It's speaking about salvation And healing at the same time. Exactly the same thing that David said, that God was the one who forgave all of our sins and healed all of our diseases. It's speaking prophetically as to what was to come when Jesus would go to the cross, when he would take that whipping by his stripes. The stripes that were created on his back when he took that whipping were for our healing. Then in the New Testament, in 1 Peter 2.24, the scripture says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Once again, it puts the two together. Salvation, Jesus dying for our sins, and then by his stripes we're healed. This is the scripture that's now looking back at the cross and the resurrection and explaining what was happening in the church. That there was miracles happening in the church. By his stripes you were healed. This is why we're receiving miracles. This is why you're being healed. This is why you're experiencing not just being forgiven but, but God's healing power working in your life. It's because it was all taken care of at the cross. Now, I want to note something for you that's really important. The stripes of Jesus, that is the whipping that Jesus took, had only one purpose to them, and that was healing. It was healing. That was the designated purpose. You know, if Jesus had been nailed to the cross like you know anybody else, he would have died. His blood still would have been shed for our salvation, and he would have, of course, died there. But by his stripes, you were healed. God added not just to us salvation in the sense of being forgiven, but a provision for miracles and healing in our life. We look to the cross when it comes to our salvation and the experience of being forgiven and being made right with God. So let's look to the cross again, and specifically to the whipping stripes that Jesus took in his body to experience healing in our lives. You know, Jesus actually reveals his identity through miracles. That's what he did throughout the Gospels. As you read the Gospels, that's what Jesus did. He used miracles to reveal his identity. Miracles and healing were not foreign to Israel. When it came to Jesus coming along, it wasn't like they'd never heard or seen anything like that. In fact, the belief at that time was that the Messiah... Would, that is the Savior of the world, would, would do certain miracles, certain types of miracles in order to reveal himself. Miracles that the Jewish religious leaders, the Jewish rabbis, teachers, if you will, of that time could not do. But when the Messiah comes, he'll be able to do them. Let me show you what they were. First of all was the healing of leprosy. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 12 and verse 13, the scripture says this, While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. I love this verse for a number of reasons, but one of the things I love in it is is this man who's got leprosy asks the question that a lot of time is in the heart of believers, and that is, Lord, are you willing? And look at his answer. I am willing. I want you to know something. God is willing to bring healing into your life. Listen, although the priesthood, had all of these detailed instructions about how they were respond to leprosy and the healing of leprosy, they never had the opportunity to put any of those instructions into effect because from the time of the Mosaic law that it was given, there was no Jew who had ever been healed of leprosy. And so there was from Moses instruction, if somebody's healed from leprosy, here's the whole process and procedure but there was no Jew ever healed of leprosy. As a result, it was taught by the rabbis that only the Messiah would be able to heal a Jew who would have leprosy, a Jewish person with leprosy. This is why the the very next thing that Jesus does after he heals this leper is this. Luke chapter 5 and verse 14 says, He ordered him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing just as Moses commanded as the testimony to them. You see, the healing of this leper, leper was classed as the first of the, of the three different messianic miracles, miracles that revealed Jesus as the Savior of the world, and it was Jesus then Telling the religious leaders, telling the rabbis, hey, here's a Jewish person who's been healed of leprosy, and he goes there and explains how it all happened, and that, that, that explanation and that presentation of that healing was a sign to them that the Messiah had actually come. Leprosy was seen as a curse from God, and since only God could forgive sins and remove curses, surely Jesus had to be the Messiah, God in the flesh. Well, here's the next one of these miracles, and it involves the casting out of demons. You see, the act of casting out of demons wasn't unusual to the Jewish world of that day. Even the Pharisees and the the rabbis, you know, would, would follow through with casting out demons, and they had a specific procedure that they would go through. First of all, they would establish a communication with the demon when they were ministering to that person. They would find out what that demon's name was. And then once they knew his n- the name of the demon, they would use that name in order to cast the demon out and set that person free from you know, whatever was afflicting them. Well, this is exactly what Jesus does in Mark chapter 5. He gets the name of the demon. What's your name? It's Legion. And then what does he do? He casts him out. He very much follows the same structure that the Jewish rabbis were doing in that particular time. However, there was one kind of demon that the rabbis could not cast out. And it was was the one that would bring about a person being dumb and mute, unable to speak. And because he could not speak, therefore they could not establish the name of this demon and cast him out. And so within the framework of Judaism, it was impossible to cast out a dumb spirit, if you will, and heal somebody so they could hear and talk again. The rabbis then begin to, uh, to teach, Rather, however, that when the Messiah came, he would be able to cast out that kind of demon that they could not cast out. And this was the second of three messianic miracles, the casting out of the dumb or mute demon. That's why in Matthew chapter 12 verses 22 through 23 after Jesus cast the spirit out the people respond by saying this could this be the son of David because they realized none of the rabbis were going to be able to cure somebody being deaf and dumb and so Jesus had done this and they knew they knew what was being taught only the messiah could do that could this be the son of David Well here's the third Messianic miracle and that is the healing of a man who was born blind. Once again, the belief at that time was to be born blind was a curse that had come from God and only God could remove that curse. And so there are records of healing of people that were blind, but there was no record at that time of someone who was born blind and had been healed. This was supposed to be a Messianic miracle. In other words, the only way Somebody who was born blind could actually be healed is if God in the flesh, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was to come and minister to him. In John chapter 9, 1 through 5, is the record of Jesus healing this man who was born blind from birth. And what happens immediately after his miracle? Immediately after his miracle, the rabbis are interrogating him. They're trying to figure out what happened. They're trying to basically, if you will, turn this miracle into something less than what it was. They're they're trying to take away the credit and the accreditation that it gave to Jesus as being the Messiah. And then they literally go as far as saying, well, you know, the only way way that Jesus could have done this is because he has a demon himself. Or, you know, they get into all these arguments and, and stuff trying to discredit who Jesus was. But this was now the third messianic miracle. And only God in the flesh could have healed this man who was born blind. There are three dynamics of the power of God that we get to see in these miracles. Leprosy was considered, if you will, a picture of sin. The Bible says the man was covered in it. Our lives are the same way. We are uh, considered unclean, if you will, before God because of our sin, just like a leper was considered unclean, and they were kept separate from everybody else. Our sin separates us from God. But God comes along and heals that. He forgives us. Our past, and here's the thing to get out of this. Our past is not the reason for the sickness you may be facing today. Don't condemn yourself in your faith towards God. Don't look and go, well, I've had my leprosy, I've had my sin in my life. No, God can come along and first of all, cleanse you and make you completely whole in terms of you being right before God. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. You should never look at your past as a reason for uh, shame and for maybe any kind of sickness you're dealing with in your own life today. Your first miracle that God gives you is the miracle of removing shame from your life, bringing forgiveness and a sense of belonging to God's family. In the same way he cleansed the leper, he cleanses us today. The second miracle, the demonic one. Uh, This was actually a reason for sickness. Jesus healed somebody bent over, walking all crippled over, and he identified it as a spirit, cast the spirit out, and this woman was able to stand uh, upright again. Maybe you're saying to yourself, you know, I think the devil did it. I think I'm just under a demonic attack. I think the devil is making me this way. Know this. There is no devil that Jesus doesn't have authority over and, and that he cannot, uh, you know, cast out of your life and set you free from that has any kind of permission to continue to affect your life in, in, when it comes to sickness. How about the blind man that was born that way, if you will? You know, it's it's one thing to be healthy and become sick, and then believe for healing. It's another thing to be born that way as this man was. Just because you might be facing a sickness in your life that you're like, well, this has always been with me, doesn't limit God and doesn't need to limit your faith that God can't heal you and turn that around in your life. Even if you were born with a sickness, don't accept it as a life sentence. Instead, speak the promises of God over it and trust him for your miracle of healing. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, the scripture says this, that Jesus was going throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. I just love that verse every kind of disease, and every kind of sickness. Jesus never turned anybody away who sought for healing. Healing, signs, wonders, and miracles were all part of his ministry, and he literally became known for this. This is why he would have the crowds. He was known to such an extent that people sought him out for healing. Jesus never once told anybody that God has put this sickness on them in order to teach them a lesson or some kind of act of retribution because of something that they had done. You should never look at sickness in your life as some kind of act of God you know, against you, some kind of judgment on you, some kind of lesson he's trying to give you. Never once did Jesus ever refer to sickness in that way. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Now, Jesus gifted the church to minister the gospel with healing and miracles. He's gifted the church to do that. When you read the gospels, there's this transition of ministry, if you will, where now the 12 disciples were about to go and minister the kingdom of God, teach the gospel, and minister healing and miracles in the name of Jesus. And then as the church got established, healing and miracles are just and signs and wonders were just accompanied the ministry of the gospel. It was like where Jesus is being preached, people are being healed. That's literally the environment that that the gospel was launched in. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, it says that Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Notice that it was the same thing that was on Jesus' life that got commissioned onto these uh, 12 apostles, every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Not only do we see the disciples going around ministering healing and, and ministering miracles, but they were doing this before Jesus went to the cross. But after the resurrection... Now it was the church that was ministering healing and very much a part of obviously preaching the gospel. But now that same ministry of of healing and miracles and signs and wonders was placed not just on the 12 apostles, but on the church. These things were prominent when Jesus commissioned the church to preach the gospel. Mark chapter 8 and verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This is the commission that Jesus gives to his church. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. He who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The church From its beginning, expected healing and signs and wonders to just be part of the experience of preaching the gospel. And when the church was being persecuted because of the message of Jesus, this this faith and expectation and healing and miracles is reflected in their prayers. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29, and now, Lord, take note of their threats. They're praying, Lord, they're threatening us, they're challenging us, but we're not stopping and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What's beautiful about this is just the commitment to say, Lord, we're just going to continue to preach the gospel, but as we do that, we know that we're going to pray for the sick, we're going to minister to sick people, and Lord, we're just praying, may your hand continue to be extended, to bring healing and signs and wonders. I wanna encourage you, uh, miracles of Jesus are not just meant for a service, they're meant for out there. That God's gonna use you in conversation with people who have a need in your life, that you're gonna lay hands on somebody, you're gonna pray for them, they're gonna experience healing in their life because of you acting in obedience to the word of God. The best demonstration of the resurrection of Christ is found in the church experiencing the very same things that Jesus did when he walked on the face of the earth. Miracles were very much a part of the beginning of the church. In Corinthians, healing and miracles are listed as part of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God's already given healing and miracles to the church as a gift to us to say, Hey, here's this is from me. You go ahead and use this. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 20, it says... And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them, watch this, and confirmed the word with signs that followed, with signs that followed. So this was their experience. This was their pattern. The gospel advances, and we have miracles throughout the book of Acts. Acts chapter 5, multitudes were being added to the church The people were bringing the sick out so that at least the shadow of Peter could touch them and they would be healed. In Acts chapter 8, Philip goes down to Samaria and he's preaching the gospel and there's miracles that are happening. The Bible says there was great joy in that city. You know, finally, I want to say this, and I know that tonight we're going to learn a lot more about receiving and how to actually uh, get this flowing in our lives. But, but I want to say this. There's a word of encouragement also in the scriptures when it comes to you and I stepping out and believing to receive our miracle. And believing to receive healing in our life. In James chapter 5, in verse 13, scripture says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He's to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. And then it says this, Therefore, therefore, I was told a long time ago that Whenever you read a therefore, you should find out what is therefore. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I want you to catch a couple of truths from this, this passage. The first is that. It's an exercise of your faith that you're to reach out for healing prayer when you need it. That, that not to be passive, not to be like, well, I'm dealing with this. I hurt myself. I've got this sickness. I'm fighting this, whatever it is. I hope somebody comes along and prays for me. No, no, no. Exercise your faith. And the, the way that you do that is you initiate getting that healing prayer. You reach out and say, man, I need some prayer. I was, would you agree with me in prayer? Let's believe for uh, my healing and for my miracle. The scripture starts by saying this, well, call the elders. Well, how limited and how impractical is it? to expect that, uh, you know, as, as the church grows especially, that everybody's gonna be able to, you know, phone up and get a hold of the pastors and say, hey, can you send a pastor over to pray for me? And, uh, you know, that's what, what I need. And the scripture doesn't stop there. It's very intentional what it does. The scripture goes on and says, well, therefore, and then it talks about connecting with other believers for confession and for healing prayer. The beautiful thing about this is that God's idea of healing is bigger than just your physical body, but it's also dealing with healing to your soul. That sometimes there's things in our life where it's like, I need to confess. I need to confess. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling. This is, you know, this is the anger in my life. This is the bitterness. This is what I'm offended about. This is what has hurt me or whatever. God wants to heal you, soul and body. Jesus is the healer. The Holy Spirit is in every believer and available to answer those prayers. But God is smart enough to go, you know what? I'm not going to put my healing and miracle gifts on a handful of people that are called to pastor a church. I'm going to put healing and miracles on the church and in the believers so that people can go to other believers around them and simply pray and receive healing and receive miracles. And what is important to this is that God is looking for us just to reach out when we have need as a demonstration of our faith to say, you know what, I believe the word of God, I'm gonna reach out, I'm gonna pray with somebody, I'm gonna receive healing prayer, and I'm gonna believe and receive my healing and receive my miracle. So I wanna encourage you by praying for one another, just as the scripture says, and believing God, and receiving healing and miracles. It's on you through the Holy Spirit. You already have it. As we begin to wrap up today's service, I wanna pray one more prayer for you, and that is this, salvation prayer. You know, we talked a lot about Jesus a testing of who he was through miracles and signs and wonders. And they're actually referred to as the messianic miracles. In other words, only the Messiah could possibly do the things that Jesus did. Jesus has already demonstrated who he was, that he was God in the flesh, the savior of the world who came and and who took the sins of the world upon himself when he went to the cross and died for us and rose again from the grave. You might need a physical miracle, But the greatest miracle in your life that you can actually receive immediately right now is called the miracle of salvation. It's the miracle of a brand new start in life. It's the miracle of being forgiven, having your uh, sin cleansed and being adopted into the family of God. It's the miracle of you finally having a, a sense of peace and rest about your life that you have arrived, that you're in a relationship with the living God. And it happens through invitation. God has already provided it, and now it's up to you to respond and say yes to it. It's the same way he does with healing and miracles. He's already provided it. Your prayers are just saying yes and receiving it. And so if you're here today and listening to this message, whether you're online or in the room, but you need to receive Jesus, I I just want to invite you to bow your heads right now. The church is going to pray along with you. But if this, if this is something where it's like, man, this is exactly what I need to do today. As we start off 2023, don't start it off distant from God. Start it off getting right with God, putting him in his rightful place as Lord over your life. Won't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on that cross and paid for the sins of the world, including my sin. I ask you to forgive my past I invite you into my life and I confess you as my Lord and my Savior and I'm going to follow you with all of my heart from this day forward in Jesus name. Amen. God bless. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationemington.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationemington.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.